Hello and welcome back to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 42. I'm your host, Sal Katar, and as always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. How are you doing, Nihal? You know what, man? I gotta say, it's, it's good to hear your voice. Uh, you and I haven't been on a podcast, haven't been together on the pod for what, eight weeks? Seven weeks? It's been I, a long it, it has time. been a long time. And even, I think, I did the podcast before uh, the last one that you did. But, right. But even before that, I would say in the last six, I've only done like two. Or something yeah, like that. That's true. Um, well, I mean, before before the last one, which I did by myself, we didn't have one for three or four weeks, and I was sick. I had finals. Then you had finals, and a lot going on, and we had a wedding, and you know, it's just been a crazy few weeks. But we're gearing up for the summer, guys. We're going to be bringing you nonstop coverage of the Copa America Centenario, uh, the Euros, the Euros, which will actually be at a, hopefully will be at uh, a Euros match. Uh, maybe France. not so much transfer news. Um, well, news, I mean, maybe late, not rumors. Later in the summer, yeah. We yeah. like to talk about rumors, though, when it pertains to our own club. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But yeah, well, we're excited. It's going to be a good, like I said in the last podcast, it's going to be a good month. It's going to be a great summer. Yes, it is going to be a great summer, and you should be wearing an Ambitious Strike t-shirt. If you want to check out Ambitious Strike's merchandise, then check out ambitiousstrike.com. Uh, Nihal, give them the spelling. Yeah, uh, go check out AmbitiousStrike.com. They're a great soccer apparel company, a soccer-themed apparel company. Uh, that's A-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S-S-T-R-Y-K.com. The link is always in the description. Make sure to use the code BROTHERS at checkout for a 15% off discount. Yes, right. definitely. All right, why don't we get right into it? Well, today, on Wednesday, May 18th, we saw Sevilla take on... Liverpool in the Europa League final in Switzerland, um, in St. Jacob Park, and it was a pretty good game. I think Liverpool, uh, you know, mostly took control of the first half. There was a controversial call, uh, you know, at the beginning of the game. Firmino arguably should have gotten uh, a handball called off of Carrizo. You know, he he was dribbling, and uh, he was inside the box, so it should have been a penalty, uh, arguably. But Yeah, there, there were, you know, there were arguably a lot of... Three separate calls that maybe could have been penalties uh, in favor of Liverpool in the first half. Uh, Liverpool did end up scoring in the first half. Sevilla scored three in the second half, and Sevilla won three to one. Um, that's uh, you know as it was, as you said, it was a great match. Liverpool dominated early. Um, they they had the chances in the first half. Sturridge with a great outside of the foot finish uh, yeah, in the thirty fifth minute, um, and then in the second half. Sevilla came out and, you know, they played extremely well, uh, scored three goals. In, in the first minute of the second half, Gamero scores, um, and, it, uh, and it was a great run from the right back, whose name is escaping me right now. Um, and Gamero, Mariano. Yeah, Mariano, there we go. Uh, and, and Gamero was able to, to slot yeah. it home. He uh, megged Alberto Moreno before that cross, right, and then yeah. it was, yeah, it was, it was great. And then, um, yeah, it was a great, great run into the box, uh, and then Koke, uh, who usually plays right back, but has been playing right midfield and played right midfield today, uh, with a with a nice curler in the 64th minute. Um, some great one-two touch play before that. Uh, yeah, we, we, Benega Benega with a great dribble uh, that eventually fell into the path. Uh, it was Gamera. It was. I thought it was Vitolo. Okay, you might be right. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, no, you were. It, it, right. it, it doesn't. Was, it was Vitolo. It didn't right. look like he was intentionally. Uh, you were right. It was Vitolo. My bad. Yeah, giving it off to Koke, but it did fall into his path, and then he just one-timed it, and it was a great shot. It was a great shot. And then in the 70th minute, Coutinho, with a deflection backwards, 
Uh, and um, Koke finishes again. Not great goalkeeping there. Uh, you know, coming coming into this match, you know, you weren't sure what to expect. Liverpool, uh, you know, Liverpool, of course, had the great, great comeback against Borussia Dortmund uh, in, in the Europa League. Um, and, you know, they have been sort of disappointing since Jurgen Klopp has taken charge. Of course, I'm excited to see what they can, well, as an Everton fan, I'm not excited, but um, I'm interested to see and what Jurgen Klopp can do next year when he has some of his own players that fit his scheme better. Uh, but coming into this match, Liverpool were in 8th place, Sevilla were in 7th place. Um, so, you know, you weren't really sure what to expect. But, uh, of course, the one caveat of that is that Sevilla had won two Europa League titles before this. This is with their third in a row. Unai Emery has done a fantastic job with this club. Um, and they were able to uh, secure their third title. Yeah, and, and more importantly, arguably a Champions League spot next year, which they wouldn't have otherwise secured because, of, like you said, they finished in seventh place. Right, so Spain will have five teams, once again, in the Champions League, just as they did this year. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're absolutely killing That's it. pretty awesome. Yeah, um, and of course we have an all-Spanish uh, Champions League final, so the UEFA Super yeah. Cup will be two Spanish teams. Um, so, you know, you come, like I said, coming into this match... Um, you're expecting Kono Plianka to be a key player. He picked up a knock in training. He didn't play. Vitolo came in. Uh, that being said, Vitolo uh, had an assist today, and he has had four assists in this, in this competition so far in eight matches. And then the goal scorer uh, in nine matches, five assists now in nine matches. Um, oh, no, excuse me, four assists in nine matches. And then Gamero... Uh, who has been playing fantastically well, has 16 goals in La Liga this year. And I'm sure you haven't really been hearing about how well Gamero's playing, but that's a pretty good tally. Um, And then, uh, furthermore, Gamero has eight goals in the Europa League this year in nine matches. Remember, Sevilla were in the Champions League. They joined the Europa League after losing in the group stage of the round of 32. So since the round of 32, Vitolo, who played great, had four assists, um... Gamero had eight goals and two assists. And really, we all expected for, for Emre Chan to play in the midfield of Liverpool there uh, to sort of keep uh, Banega in check. Banega is a great player. The, the Argentine central attacking midfielder for Sevilla has 40 caps with Argentina. Um, has been playing absolutely fantastically well. In this competition, he's averaging 2.3 key passes a game and three successful dribbles. And then leads the team in 73 passes a game. The next highest is Steven and Zanzi with 58 passes. So uh, to give sort of an American uh, parallel, he's sort of like Darlington Nagby. He moves the play along quickly. He creates. Uh, he has, doesn't have too many assists in the competition, uh, but he's been in, involved in many, many attacking plays, and he's such a key player. And that's sort of why Emre Chan, uh, I believe, uh, was in this and was in this match. You know, Emerton has played a lot in the Europa League this year. Um, he's averaging three tackles a game and two interceptions a game in, in the Europa League. Uh, and you know, he he did a good job of shutting down Benega for the most part. But in the second half, you saw Benega uh, become more more and more involved, especially in the last twenty minutes when, uh, um, or not in the last twenty minutes, but but especially once uh, Liber- uh, once Sevilla were able to score, Benega became more involved. Um, and, you know, that was the matchup I was sort of looking at before this match. Emery Chan versus Benega. Um, you know, it, w- it was pretty even, I'd have to say. But, obviously, Sevilla came out on top. Um, and congratulations to them. Uh, and, 
I, yeah, and I, I think I mean I'm not sure if the the result was or the scoreline specifically was fair, but I think that Sevilla did control most of the game in the second half. They came out a different team, yeah. and um, yeah, I mean Liverpool had chances to finish, uh, even if you don't count you know arguably the penalties they should have had. So uh, it, it is what it is. Um, it, it's exciting stuff for Sevilla and uh, exciting for La Liga to have five teams. Speaking of La Liga, just I just want to bring this home. Three straight Europa. I know the Europa, the Europa League, no, the Europa League, but that's in, that's crazy. There are very talented teams who compete year in and year out. Uh, oh, for sure. I mean, you saw Spurs, the Fiorentina. These are just Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund this year. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah. There's, there's so many good teams. Athletic Bilbao is another good team. They finished, I believe, they finished above Sevilla in, in La Liga this year. Um, so you know, it, it's Inter Milan, I th- and I think it, it creates some. Some more intensity, you know. People are gonna want to have that title now that they see how important it's been for Sevilla to, you know, maintain. Right, right. They- and and even though Sevilla finishes seventh this year, they're in the Champions League, and that's what Liverpool has to be kicking themselves. Like I said, I'm interested to see in what Klopp can do next year with bringing some of his own players who can play the gig and press style, who can. Uh, who, who can be the type of players he wants. And also, he will be able to focus on the league and doing well in the league. Uh, disappointing this year, eighth. He did he did come in um, midway through the year after Brendan Rodgers got fired. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they do and what they do next year, especially with all the new Premier League money, that, or the TV money that will be in the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, yes, we're talking generally about La Liga. We have to note that Barcelona won La Liga again with 91 points for the sixth time in eight years. Suarez's hat trick for Granada uh, was the against ceiling Granada. moment, and against Granada. And uh, you know they won their last five games of the year. They, they they went through that stretch in April where they had three losses in a row yeah. in the Spanish first division. So it's and and the, including well not include but in there was their loss to Atletico Madrid in the Champions League quarterfinals. Yeah. Um, and of course, the loss to Real Madrid in, in El Clasico. Uh, Zinedine Zidane, one of the first coaches in a long time to win. So it was not going well for them. In the last five games, though, they were able to pick it up. They scored, what, 25 goals? Um, so 24 it, goals in five games. 24 yeah. goals. Uh, so they, you know, they, they really picked it up. And, you know, we thought this was done and dusted before that, that stretch. We thought oh, yeah. Barcelona was going to run away with it. Um, but they definitely, definitely made it interesting. Yeah, I mean, you, you, during our uh, Phil Shane interview, that was right before uh, El Clasico, and we, yeah, we, we definitely just discounted them. We're like, oh, they, uh, Real Madrid should start focusing on the Champions League or whatever. But they, they did put up a fight, winning their last twelve games. Right. And um, you know, Ronaldo had a fantastic season that I, right. I feel like people haven't talked about a lot. Fifty-one no. goals all competitions. Right. Uh, Benzema uh, had twenty-four goals in La Liga. Right. Bale even had a good season. Are, Real Madrid did not start off well. They fired Rafa Benitez, but only yeah. finished one point away from the title. Really, two points because goal, goal differential. differential. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, looking at these goal differentials, they're insane. Eighty-three for Barcelona and seventy-six for Real Madrid. That's crazy. And you look at Barcelona's front line. That is a that is you know the most exciting part of this team. Luis Suarez, 40, 40 goals and sixteen assists. Uh, Lionel Messi, 26 goals and 16 assists. Neymar, 14 goal, 24 goals, excuse me, and 12 assists. Uh, that's 90 goals out of the 112 Barcelona scored. 
from three players. That is insane. That I mean, those stats are incredible. For me, though, though the unsung hero of their season was uh, Sergio Busquets. And you know how much I love this player. Uh, he was averaging three tackles a game and two interceptions a game. Now, those are very good stats by themselves, but when you think about how much Barcelona possesses the ball and how much they control matches, that makes those stats seem a lot more impressive to be able to put in that sort of defensive shift. Javier Mascherano mm. also with a very impressive defensive stats. He is the reason. They, he was able to win the ball back, get the ball forward, and let the front three, yeah. Rakitic, Iniesta, the, do the, their work. Those tackles have to be important, too, because all the teams are going to mm. want to counterattack on Barcelona, right. who has pretty much everyone right. in the opposing half. Exactly. And so. he, you know, Busquets had 35 appearances this year out of 38 matches. He started 34 of them. Uh, that's the, the most starts, except for Luis Suarez, who had 35 starts. Um the most starts of any Barcelona player. Um, and he led the team with 61 passes per game and had 90 pass accuracy. So, you know, Busquets really, uh, you know, a lot of people get on him for the diving, but he's so important to this team. And he shows the importance of having a really, really good holding midfield, fielder, excuse me. You know, and I think Real Madrid lost a lot of that when they sold Xabi Alonso to uh, Bayern Munich. Yeah, yeah, I, d- I definitely agree with you. Busquets uh, deserves to be credited more, but um, yeah, you know, I think I think Real Madrid can can hang their head high after their finish. You know, they they, they still have a good chance at winning uh, the Champions League final, but obviously never count Atletico Madrid. Right. Um, yeah, I I, I well, think that Atletico Madrid we didn't even talk about. They finished third with eighty eight yeah. points, um, but it, you know it's interesting because. Where, where do Real Madrid go from here? We'll see what happens in the Champions League, obviously, 10 days from now. Um, but do they keep Zinedine Zidane? I think no matter what, you keep Zinedine Zidane at this point. You think so? Yeah. I, I mean, mean... He's done very, very well. But... Uh, it's, I, a, it's such a difficult culture, I feel like. You're, you're coming in... You're, all the fans are upset. Barcelona won the league last year. You've only won once. or Yeah, you've only yeah, won once, once in like the last 10 Once, 10 once with Ronaldo. Yeah, once with Ronaldo. You know, and and Zinedine Zidane comes in with all the pressure, all you know, all the storylines of him being a former player and whatever. Zero experience at this level, for him. Yeah, and uh, he he did a great job winning seventeen out of the twenty matches that that he coached. And right, and you know, at the beginning it was a little shaky, um, but you know, this these last few months, uh, including the El Clasico win, were incredible, and he has a chance to win the eleventh. Major, the 11th Champions, not Champions League, but the, the, the 11th uh, European trophy, top Champions League equivalent trophy, excuse yeah. me, uh, for Real Madrid. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think you keep him. Um, there is a transfer ban coming. I don't know if, I can't remember if it's this summer, but, you know, it, it, he has these players. He has this nucleus of players. Whether that includes Ronaldo next year, we don't know. But he, he knows these guys. He's been involved with the team since he retired. Uh, I, I think you I think you keep him. We'll see what uh, Florentino Perez does, though. We'll see. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of confidence that they will keep him as their head, as their head, as their manager. Yeah, and, and I, I think Phil Shane brought up a great point when we were talking to him. Like, if you remember before uh, two years ago that Champions League final between these same teams, Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid, uh, the fan base, a lot of fan base, was saying that La Decima would kind of like please us. You know, that would yeah. that would be the one. And and that, that's just, you know, that, that 
that statistic that that's just such a just such a great number to have, and I think that like the fact that they're completing for eleven, I mean, you know, just put it into perspective a little bit. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, what they have done is incredible. Uh, they do definitely have to start winning some more league titles, I think, to, yeah. to please the fans. Um, but what what they you know, it's a it's one of the best three clubs in the in the world right now. Do, do you think in the MSN era that they they will win? Um. I, I, you've heard them. Yes. As far as I, know. <laughs> I, I, I've never heard that before. Really? Yeah, but um, you know, I, I think they can. I mean, I, I don't see why they can't. You know, they finished the point away this year when they fired the coach. Yeah, but that's only because Barcelona wanted to tease them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, no, I mean it's arguable. I mean, if Barcelona had, they have won when they had to won, win. Yeah, so. they did. That's true. All right, elsewhere in Europe, Roberto Martinez, the uh, the manager of Everton, was fired before the last game, so before they beat Norwich 3-0 to at home in Goodison, was fired, and uh, I know you're the Everton fan, so what, what were your first reactions, and what were your reactions after you had some time to let it resonate? Well, I mean, I've been, I've been calling for his, his removal for weeks now, and you know that, ever since, I mean... I've been saying we should be questioning him since December, since we remember we lost to Bournemouth after going up uh, two to one. Um, you know, I've been I've been questioning that Mar- Martinez for a long time, um, and then recently, you know, we had that terrible week where we lost to Liverpool four nothing, then lost in the FA Cup semi final. It was a long time coming. Um, finally, finally they did it, and you know he's been absolutely dreadful this year. In the last five ma- matches, he was in charge. Everton faced 121 shots. Absolutely no sense of defensive tactics. He never had a plan B. He was stuck in his ways. He left Romelu Lukaku isolated. Did not foster a a healthy atmosphere in Goodison. Did not foster um, sort of a good environment for John Stones and Ross Barkley to continue their growth. Um, this, This year, Everton have lost 48 points from winning positions. Think about that. Oh, wait, no, no, that's in his tenure. 22 this year. That makes more sense. 48 points. 20, even that, 22 points from winning positions this year. You know, that means we're in the mid-60s. That means we're, if we win all those matches, which, you know, that's, that's not something you should expect. But even if you get 11 more points, we're in the top seven. That that's absolutely absolutely ridiculous. Seven of the last seven of the last eight Premier League wins for Roberto Martinez were against teams in the bottom who finished bottom six in the Premier League. We had four wins in 2016 and took nine points from 12 matches at home. Nine points. Everton only managed before b- before the last match. Uh, Everton managed twenty points at home this season. Now they have twenty three, their lowest ever before this year, in a history of more than a hundred years, was twenty five. So this was our year with the lowest amount of points at home. We've conceded fifty five goals this year in thirty eight matches. 22 of those goals were from Everton errors. We've had one clean sheet, now two, in the, in, in the last 13 matches. So one in the last 12 when Roberto Martinez was charged. 
was fired. Um, we scored. We had scored zero in five of those nine matches, and you know all those stats just 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 show you how miserable of a year it has been. After Roberto Martinez so well finishing fifth the first year with the same nucleus that David Moyes left for him. He just failed. He absolutely failed, and it's time for us to move on. We've been linked with a lot of people. Frank DeBoer, the IX manager who just stepped down, seems to be the, the leading um, man, the leading candidate for the job. Lucien Favre from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Jose Mourinho, don't think it's going to happen, although I hope it happens. Ronald Koeman from Southampton. And then recently, uh, Unai Emery, the coach of Sevilla, said he would like to coach Everton. So, I, I, I mean, that would be fantastic. 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 Frank DeBoer. Uh, is probably going to be the way to go. And you even saw on, on Sunday when Everton won 3 nothing, Goodison Park was buzzing. Everyone was happy. The players had more freedom. You know, Samuel Eto'o was, was sold because he said Roberto Martinez is going to get you relegated. Leighton Baines was forced to apologize because he said this team has no chemistry. You know, he's, he seems like a nice guy, Roberto Martinez. <laughs> He's absolutely deluded about his own ability. You know, every match, oh, we played phenomenally well. We lose 3 nothing. You know, it, it, it just had to happen. Everton have the third most Premier League titles in, in English football history. Not Premier League, but th- third most uh, um, titles in English football history. We are a big club, historically. We have new money from a new investor. We have the Premier League money. We have a good nucleus of players. Romelu Lukaku's probably gone. Well, Roberto Martinez never got the money. He did. He broke our transfer record with Romelu Lukaku. He bought he it. He did. Okay. He, he, oh, I thought you were talking about the money that's coming this summer. Oh, no. He, no. But you, two bottom half finishes is unacceptable for Everton Football Club. The last two years, we finished with less than 50 points. For the 10 years prior... We got at least fifty points, so it's, it's, it's unac- it was unacceptable. It was time for him to go. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I think Roberto Martinez can succeed somewhere else. I don't think he can he's, succeed in England, to be honest. Well, I mean, he has before. No, he hasn't. What? Everton yeah. fifth is not. Yeah, but that you know <laughs> that that's Moyes. that's mostly because of David Moyes' defense with uh, Sylvain Distan Distan. And um, uh, Phil Jagielka. I mean, he got relegated the year before. I, mean, I agree that he should have been. He I got mean, relegated the year before. Yeah. I, All right, yeah. I, I won't rant anymore. The, uh, the point is, is that Roberto Martinez was better as an ESPN analyst than as a manager. <laughs> you know, maybe in that summer he could have done something productive instead of being in Sao Paulo. <laughs> or he was in Rio, wasn't he? He was in Rio. Yeah, I don't know. But. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, you know, we'll... Wait, I, I just remember one of the, one of those ESPN FC episodes, um, they were like, so what are you guys going to do after this, uh, w- this show? And Roberto yeah, yeah, Martinez yeah. was like, I'm going to try to buy a player. Yeah, yeah, I remember that too. I was just thinking that. <laughs> that didn't happen. Maybe make some transfers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, you guys didn't... Bessage. We did buy Bessage, but that yeah. didn't happen directly after. Whatever. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It's, it's time right. to move on. Time to, it's time to move on to the U.S. national team. And the Copa America Centenario. Yes, it is a key phase in the U.S. national team right now, or the U.S. men's national team right now, as they're preparing for the Copa America Centenario in June. Uh, their first tune-up game is against Puerto Rico on May the 22nd, and 
you know, it, it's it's separate. The roster of 22 players that Jurgen Klinsmann has called up for this game is separate from the 40-man preliminary roster. Right. Uh, and will be separate from the 23. For the tournament. Tw- yeah, and will be separate from the 23-man final roster. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think nine of these players can't even play in the Copa America, are not eligible to play. Um, so, if they're calling it a transition camp, it'll be interesting to see. Of course, the big news is that Josie Altidore... Uh, will be missing the Copa America, uh, suffered another hamstring injury, officially an injury-prone player, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of his problems started at the World Cup, and, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it was, yeah. He, he in, in the game against Ghana during the 2014 World Cup, we, we obviously, he suffered a hamstring injury. We didn't get to see him again for that tournament. Another, probably the, the second, you know, the second biggest tournament we can play in right. now he's out for. So it's just unfortunate. He's well, He's... And he was suffering in the Gold Cup last year, too. He had the injury, remember? He wasn't fully fit. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, so, you know. We cannot yeah, catch a break with strikers. Yeah, I know. He and, of course, Aaron Johansson, who plays for Vedder Bremen in, in, in the Bundesliga, I think only made six appearances this year because he was injured the whole season. And Johansson was injured during the World Cup. He's been also very, very injury prone. But this is a big chance for Bobby Wood to step up. Uh, of course, just secured his transfer to Hamburg in the Bundesliga. A great move for him. It's his chance to step up. Uh, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see whether he plays as striker. Um, in this match, he'll all, almost yeah. definitely play as striker. That's what I was going to say. Uh, against Puerto Rico. Not, not, great, uh, not great competition. I'm sorry, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Puerto Rico's not a great soccer, yeah. soccer country. <laughs> um, but... You know, it, it was because in the last match against Guatemala, he played out wide with Dempsey as striker in sort of the four-three-three. So uh, you know, we have some options on the roster now. We we're down to Zardes, Dempsey, Wood, uh, Chris Wondolowski, and am I missing someone there? Um, I mean, those are really the main options. And Jordan Morris, that's the other one. So five, you you would have to think four of those guys make it, or actually, you know, I think all five do. And Zardes makes as an outside midfielder. Uh, that's probably what's going to happen. So um, it's a big chance for Jordan Morris as well. But I think Bobby Wood can really cement himself as our striker, um, provided that he does yeah. play striker and not out wide against. He you mentioned his move to Hamburg, right? Yes, I did mention okay, his yeah. move. And you know, you said it's, it's an important stretch. It's not only an important stretch in terms of the Copa America tune-up. It's an important stretch for U.S. soccer as a whole. We really need a good tournament. We need a good showing. We're probably in the toughest group. Not an easy group by any means with Colombia, uh, Costa Rica, and uh, Paraguay. Um, you know, not an easy group, but we'll, we'll preview the group more when we, when we get closer to the Copa America Centenario, which is only two and a half weeks away. So Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's two, crazy it's only been two years after the World Cup. I can't, can't believe that. Yeah, I know. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, we don't have the strongest roster uh, for this Puerto Rico Match. I mean, yeah. Don't get it confused with who's gonna be playing in in the Copa America. There's a lot of you know uh, players, especially forwards, uh, who are you know just making their first few caps for the senior men's national team. So um, that's why we said Bobby Wood is the obvious choice for a striker in this game. Um, but uh, still, I think the midfield is uh, fairly reasonable. I mean, a lot of players that we've seen before, uh, you know, Bedoya. It'll be exciting to see if Heinemann can hit the field for the first right. time in a while. Unfortunately, he's not on the 40-man roster. Uh, Zach Steffen, Emerson Hindman, Caleb Stanko, Paul Ariola, Julian Green, Fafa Picot, uh, Amanda Moreno. The guy's not there. Um, I don't expect any of those guys to start. 
just because they're not going to be on the roster, I don't see any point. You know, just to get them acclimated to, to the national team is going to be great. Caleb Stanko just coming back to fitness, getting healthy again. So we're making Freiburg's bench. Um, Zach Steffen also plays for Freiburg. Freiburg um, will be interesting. And, you know, the goalkeeping situation, I don't know who's going to start in this match. Um, you know, Jurgen Klinsmann said he's going to sit down with both keepers and discuss who should start. I really don't know what the hell that means. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but <Cage> match. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest, I think the starter should be Ethan Horvath, but that's not going to happen. Um, I mean, you got to ease your way in. I don't know if this is the best. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Why not? Well, yeah, whatever. It's not like this tournament. I mean, I guess, yeah, if he plays three matches before. I mean, that's enough. I mean, goal, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not like any of the keepers know what's happening with their back line anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that, you know, we've got some interesting talents in the midfield. I'm going to be excited to see Perry Kitchen and Heinemann and, yeah. uh, and Caleb Stanko. But who, who, do you, what do you, who do you think is going to be starting in that midfield? Um, well, why don't we just do a starting 11s? Okay. Um, go. I'll go with mine first. So I have Tim Howard starting. I just think, I think he's going to default to Tim Howard. Um, along the back line, I have Yedlin at right back. Jeff Cameron at center back with John Brooks. Um, interesting, uh, interesting uh, tidbit here. John Brooks' coach for uh, Ether Berlin was not happy that he's taking part in the Copa America. Um, I think, you know, Ether Berlin were in the Champions League spots. They missed out. I think John Brooks is a Champions League center back. I, w- I kind of think, I kind of hope that he'll be moving to Dortmund. I think it's possible, especially since Mats Hummels is leaving. I think it'd be interesting. I haven't heard anything about it, um, obviously. Although there there is a rumor that the British Dortmund scouting Steve Birnbaum. Um, I think John Brooks is a better center back. Though. Yeah. Um, and then on left back, I have Eric Lehigh, and you know it's either be- between Tim Ream and uh, Eric Lehigh, but uh, I just I feel as if Eric Lehigh is the way to go. Um, I think he's the better outside back, but Tim Ream's also a good option. Uh, who, who, he has been playing a little bit of left back for Fulham, um, but we'll see what happens there. And then I'm, I'm, I'm going more of a four-three-three, uh, just based on what happened in the last match. For all we know, Klinsman could go out in a three-five-two or like a four-four-one-one to the side or some crap. I don't, <laughs> I, mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, in the midfield, there I have uh, Danny Williams and Alfredo Morales is a little more advanced. And then I have uh, Perry Kitchen sitting behind him. Perry Kitchen having a great start to his career with Hearts in Scotland. And then up top, I have Fabian Johnson, Bobby Wood, and Alejandro Bedoya. Um, okay, that's yeah. interesting. Really? Yeah. You think so? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I expected Bedoya to play centrally. To, you think so? Well, I just think, I, I, you know, I think we have better options centrally. Uh, not in, better in this not, lineup. Not the, no, not in this lineup, and not them. But in, well, I, do you lineup. have Alfredo Morales? Yeah, I remember. Oh, so you don't have Williams? No. Or Kitchen? Okay, interesting. Yeah. So should, should I say my lineup? Yeah. yeah. Well, I have Guzan. I don't. know. I mean, I guess that, that's a toss up. I I hope Guzan plays every every match, and then every every match in the tu- in a tune up, and then every match in the Copa America. I mean, I think that's just the safest way to go. Really? Over Tim Howard? I mean, neither Tim of them. Howard wasn't. Neither of them really played that much. Well, that's true. I think Guzan did play more. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even on the forty-man roster. 
<laughs> Wait, who is our third keeper on the 40-man roster? There's Horvath, Bingham, and okay. Ramondo, I think. I think there are five. Because it's a 40-man roster. That'll okay, we'll see. Out. I mean, I, yeah, I just have a feeling it will be Uzan. And then I left back. I have the Fulham, uh, Fulham player, Tim Ream. And then I have Brooks at left center back and Miazga. Interesting. The other center back. Wait, do you not have Miazga? I have Cameron. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then I... So, I have Cameron at defense... Actually, I'll just finish the back line. So, you have Leonard right back. Right. As you always say, I do not want to see him uh, outside midfield or on the wing. Yeah. And Cameron at six or defensive mid. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've seen him play there before. Once in the World Cup, a couple times outside there. Well, you know, uh, we... I've wanted to see him there. I think he's our best option there, to be honest. Um, but... I don't know. I, I think you, I mean I, I want to get Miazga as much playing time as you can. So I would like Maybe, to see him start. Yeah, you know it, it's possible. Uh, and then yeah, uh, so then in I kind of have a four foot five one four three three just because Fabian Johnson was listed as a midfielder, and um, but I guess Ariel was listed as yeah. a forward, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, Fabian Johnson at left mid, and then two central midfielders. Um, I guess Bedoya, the more advanced of the two, and, Bed- and Bedoya Morales and Ariel at right midfield. Yeah, and I think Bedoya plays well underneath the striker and in midfield. Just not as defensive midfield as we saw against Brazil when we got oh, absolutely thrashed. That was a dark time. <laughs> <laughs> His last year was yeah. a dark time. I mean, yeah. Uh, but uh, And then Wood at top, which, who, who I look to see shine. He's grown a lot on me in the past few yeah. uh, international breaks. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, you went with Ariola, which I find interesting. I just, I don't see the point in starting... Ariola because he's not going to be on the roster, which is why yeah. I sort of have Bedoya out wide there. Yeah, that that actually makes more sense. Yeah. I, I I was just looking at uh, some of the Tijuana. Well, first of all, Tijuana's been having well, a terrible I season. I think I think Pico has a better chance of starting. Yeah, and yeah, and, uh, Paul Ariola. You know, he doesn't. Yeah, I don't think he's recorded. I think he's only recorded one assist this season so far. He hasn't. Yeah. He has no goals. So yes, right. I think he needs to move. I think he's a he has a lot of upside. Uh, yeah, I, I was excited about him, but it makes more sense that Bedoya plays out wide, like you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 that's definitely a possibility. I just really don't want to see Yedlin. I don't, I don't think he will. I mean, it's possible. Like, we, But, I mean, then again, it might not really matter what happens to this. Because we don't have many outside midfielders, it's possible that Yedlin plays there. So, either way, we are going to win, I hope. <laughs> if we don't, I don't know. I think we have issues if we don't. And that match yeah. is this Sunday, actually. Yeah, yeah. This, on, on the twenty second, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty exciting. Fox Sports One. Uh, yeah. So, so what do you think about? Do you think? What do you think about some of the smaller names on this ro- on this twenty two man roster? Do you think Armando Moreno can make an impact, or do you, no. does he have a place in the pool? I, I mean, so. Moreno's a younger guy. Uh, I, I don't understand some of this actually. What is the point? Well, <laughs> you know, I thought we might see Gideon Zalala. But they do have the Scottish Cup final this weekend, which I think he's point. not here. Um, so that's why Zalalem's not here, because of the Scottish Cup final. Really, I think the closest guys to the starting... I mean, Stenko, if he can start to get playing, you know, maybe he'll be there. But Emerson Hindman is someone I'm actually excited to see uh, hit the field if he does. As well as Fafa Pico, who's been playing well. And I think Julian Green, you know, if he can have a good match... And if maybe maybe Jurgen will start him, you know, maybe to get him a, a little bit of exposure so he can get a move to a, a club. Because I think he's going to be gone uh, from Bayern Munich. He, he has got to leave, whether it's yeah. on a loan. Yeah, no, he's got to play somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, honestly, 
MLS, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see any of them having a huge impact. And it's hard to know because we're, we're playing Puerto Rico. So, you know, it, it's hard to know what, if anything, their performances will mean. And I, and I think, uh, so, so the reason Christian Pulisic is not on this roster is because uh, he's with the U19s, yeah, right, the, from Christian Dortmund. Yeah, the U19s have, have a cup final. Yeah. So. so that's why he's not on there. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think he'll make the Copa America roster, but we'll talk more about that. Yeah. Um, side note. Why can't we have the Puerto Rico players? Huh? Oh, they are U.S. citizens. Yeah, that's what I was, that's what I was saying. That's <laughs> interesting. I mean, I don't think we really... Are we losing out on much? I don't, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think it's more like when the U.S. or when Spain plays Catalan. That's true. But Catalan actually has, like, good what players, was, like Carlos Puyol. And was it over the summer where we were hearing rumors about, like, Portugal and Spain emerging into one league or something? Oh, yeah, did we? I think we addressed that. Yeah, we yeah. did, yeah. That'd be pretty That'd be cool. crazy. Yeah. Uh, okay, Spain, I think we've seen this year, it's already pretty competitive. <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't know, that'd be like, that, I don't know. Be I mean, because Porto and Benfica could challenge. All right, this yeah, is, they're definitely good. Uh, yeah, so, and then I think the last thing, uh, keeping with the U.S. men's national team, is that my brother has his top five Americans abroad. Yep. Uh, before we do, before, well, not kind of, sort of an honorable mention, Bob Bradley finishes one goal away from promotion. La Havre won 5 nothing. They needed to win by six goals to get promoted to Liga. That is so sad. I know. I think, <laughs> uh, I think Bradley... Unfortunately, won't be staying at La Havre. I hope he go. He makes it into a top league with a top, not a top team necessarily, but you know, I, I hope he makes it with the team. Um, all right. So number five is Christian Pulisic. Uh, he scored in Borussia Dortmund for the Borussia Dortmund. Excuse me, can't speak. Borussia Dortmund's U19 team um, as they advance the cup final, uh, beating 1860 Munich, Bobby Wood's old team. Um, I know you hate it when I put youth players. Not a whole lot happened this weekend. It also weekend. wasn't that good of a goal. <laughs> yeah, but he scored. Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. the only American player this weekend to score or have an assist. Um, so, you know. That's I mean, it was kind of like Gamero's goal in the... In the yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, it, wasn't, well, it was and, all Mariana. And that's why Pulisic wasn't on the... Wasn't playing for the British Dortmund senior team. Same with Pasolak. Number four, Perry Kitchen started and played uh, the full match for Hearts as they beat Aberdeen. Um, oh, so, yeah, as they beat, uh, excuse me, as they beat St. Johnston um, on Sunday. Oh, no, no, he played, okay, I'm sorry, uh, my notes are really confusing to me. Um, he played two matches, so he played 90 minutes on Thursday and Sunday, um, so, you know, that's why he gets there. He, he's been playing very, very well for Hearts. The fans absolutely love him. The Jam Tarts, as they're called, and that's actually their Twitter, ha- Twitter handle, <laughs> at Jam Tarts. I believe. Wow. <laughs> Number three, John Brooks started and played 90 minutes, having a great season, um, coming back from injury, and was able to play pretty well as Eartha Berlin drew 0-0 against Mainz. Kept a clean sheet. Yep. And then Jeff Cameron played 80 minutes for Stoke City as they get a great win against West Ham, 2-1. to one. Uh, West Ham are a good team. West Ham haven't lost to the top teams this year, but they have been losing to some of the, the, the teams below them which is really why they're not in the top four. And then, of course, Tim Howard at number one, playing his final match with Everton. Uh, there was a guard of honor with, with him, for him, which was fantastic. He played the whole match, made two saves, a couple of really good saves. Um, you know, he got benched 
it's an end of an era for Americans. Uh, the second most, for the end of an era for Tim Howard, excuse me, in the Premier League. Um, he has the second most appearances in Premier League history for Americans behind Brad Friedel. Um, he got a final clean sheet. It was very, very emotional for him and for the fans. And, um, you know, glad they could go out with a win. I mean, you, you know more about the, the Everton fan base. So they weren't... They were, it was like a, it was like a happy moment for everyone. Yeah, it yeah. Like everyone were mad at him. No, no, no. There was no like booing or anything. People were clapping. You know, I think a lot of people really felt bad for him because Martinez continued to start him when he clearly wasn't the right choice. Um, and I think maybe if he, if he, if Martinez brought in another goalkeeper or benched him a little bit earlier, he might have been able to fight for his spot back. But really, the last two years, Tim Howard's been terrible. Um, you know, not all his fault. I think I think a lot of the English-based fans are way too hard on him, and I think a lot of the American fans are not hard on him enough. <laughs> it's it's a really really interesting dynamic between those two. It's definitely somewhere in the middle. I thought he should have been benched. I thought it was the right choice, but you know, a great career with Everton. He's a true supporter, a great ambassador for the club, uh, and you know, sad to see him be done with with the Toffees, but uh, excited for him to be back here in MLS and. Playing for the first place in the West, Colorado Rapids. Yeah, he's he's been linked with them for a while, right? Yeah, I mean, but he he signed he signed the deal like two months ago, or like a month ago. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I I think if if he was playing well and if he continued to play well, like he never would have left Everton. Yeah, I, I think so too. Now, where in in U.S. men's national team all time players, where does he rank for you? Tim Howard. Yeah. Just in goalkeepers? No, in, in <laughs> How can you... You keep goalkeepers separate from every other player. There's reason that there's different awards for goalkeepers. Okay, fine. For goalkeepers. Um, you got four great ones. You have Brad okay. Friedel, yeah, Casey, Casey Keller, Tim Howard, and uh, Tony Miola. I, I would say he's second. I think Friedel's, I think Friedel's the best. We're taking into well, account just know, country performances? I don't know. I, well, it can be a mixture of both. It's up to you. Maybe Tim Howard's the best because he had that goalkeeper of the season. He was in the best 11 for Manchester United when he was a keeper there. Why did he only play there for a brief time? They brought in Edwin Vandersar, a oh. little someone named Edwin yeah. Vandersar. He was, he was, I heard he was okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think, th- I mean, I, I, Casey Keller, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. He he lasted a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, he did think he Keller. But Friedel played the most. You know, in terms of best U.S. men's national team players ever, you know, for me, it's Landon Donovan, number one. Amazing player. Um, and then you have, you know, obviously Clint Dempsey, Claudio Reyna, and then the goalkeepers we mentioned. Uh, I don't think anybody else really comes close to those two. <laughs> Alexi Lawless, maybe. I Eric Ronaldo. Ronaldo, yeah. Ronaldo's a great player. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, I'd, you know, I, he, I would agree with you. This is the end of an era, probably for the U.S. national team too. I, I don't. I think. Uh, I think Ethan Horvath and Bill Hamid after this tournament are the way to go moving forward. I, I think. I really hope Ethan Horvath moves to a top club. Yeah, I really. I, I think. I think he has the uh, ability. All right. All right. So, but before we wrap things up, we have to talk about Ambitious Strike one more time. Uh, if you want to check out their merchandise, go to ambitiousstrike.com. If you want to get fifteen percent off on your entire purchase, then enter the code Brothers at checkout. Right, and the link to that is always 
always in the show notes slash show description for every episode. We have an email for this podcast at soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter and an Instagram. Those are both under at soccerbrospod. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, you can also listen to our podcasts on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. We're yeah. working on Spotify, right? Yeah, we are. Um, you know, I have to check our status on Google Play. I don't know if we're on there, actually, yet. I know we've been saying it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But there's, there's, like, some complications there. Um, uh, the website is... Um, I think we're going to finish it this weekend. That is my yeah, hope. Yeah, actually, yeah, I'm done. I don't, yeah. really, don't, really don't have any excuses anymore. So um, <laughs> that's hopefully. But like I said, it's going to be a great, great month, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you to hopefully our new listeners um, and, and that we've gotten in the last few weeks. And we will see you guys next time for episode 43 of the Soccer Brothers Podcast. Mm-hmm.